Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, good morning. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, it's good to see you, friends. Uh, it's good to see you on YouTube if you're watching live or if you're watching back. Uh, later on, then it's great to have you with us too. Um, let me just start at the end of worship. I just felt God say to me uh, that maybe someone here with a heart problem, um, particularly on the left-hand side of their heart. Um, so if that's you, uh, whether you're in the room or whether you're on YouTube, I'd love you to just come and see me afterwards. Um, God knows you. Uh, he knows us. And I just feel like he wants to speak to you, and I'd love to pray with you about that if that's, if that's okay. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you'll have to connect with us through hello at UK. Um, right, we are, as introduced so wonderfully, continuing with our uh, practice, the practice of lament. Uh, I have enjoyed this so much so far. Adam really has, mate, you've done a great job introducing us to this, and um, I found it so helpful. How's it going for you? Who's been lamenting this week? Anyone been lamenting? Man, I've been lamenting. I want to encourage us, let's keep lamenting. Even if you, uh, if life's going really well for you right now, God bless you. Uh, it's brilliant. No, genuinely, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Uh, but we don't just lament uh, for ourselves. We lament with one another. And so uh, there are plenty of people that you can lament for in this church. And if you don't know anyone yet, you can open BBC News. And there is plenty that you can lament for. Seriously. You know, we will be lamenting tonight and some of the stuff that's in the news at the first thing prayer. And um, it's, it's a practice we can, we can get into together. Uh, so a quick reminder for us. Uh, let's just look at what Adam's taught us. Uh, the four elements of lament, and um, uh, who can remember the first element of lament? Not Adam, you're not allowed. Someone shout it out for me. Turn to God, first points go to Darren. Well done, turn to God. What's, what's next? Bring your complaint. Who did said that? Well done, well done. Next one. Yeah, ask God, big ask. That's going to ask boldly. Yeah, and the last one, who's going to steal it? Trust, that's right. Choose to trust. Choose to trust. All right? So turn to God, bring your complaint, ask boldly, choose uh, to trust. And today we get to focus on the turn uh, to God part of that. Um, I want to look at why we turn to God, uh, what stops us turning to God in the painful moments of life. Um, and it's easy for me to stand here, right? Because life's going okay for me right now. It's easy for me to stay, uh, turn to God when life's going okay, when I'm not in particularly a lot of pain or grieving or doubting. Um, but turning to God in the middle of trouble is not so easy, right? It's, it's, it's not so easy in my experience. I found I have to practice it uh, in order that when I need to use it, I actually turn to God. And um, I, have, I haven't got time to go into it now, but I've faced tragic moments in my life. And uh, where I found it hard, I found it really hard to turn to God, to believe that God could work all things for good. You know that verse? It's a hard verse when you're going through it. Uh, I've struggled to turn to God in those moments. I've found it hard to believe that he is a good God in those moments. Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Why then is it so hard sometimes for me to turn to the Lord when I feel crushed in spirit? When I feel brokenhearted. Anyone else struggle? Or is it just church leaders? Good. It's not just me. Thank you. Um, and maybe that is you right now. 
Maybe right now you're right in the thick of it, and um, if so, I'm so pleased you're here, because you need Jesus, just like the rest of us. Jesus is the answer, and he is here right now by his Spirit, uh, and he's going to help us today. Why don't we turn to Psalm 77, and we're going to read this lament together. It'll be on the screen as well. Here we go, Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. Your eyes, uh, you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days of the years long ago. I remembered my song in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Will Will he never Show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed at all time? Has God forgiven or forgotten to be merciful? Has he, in his anger, withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you unrithered. The, the very depths convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Through, though your footsteps were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. That's a lament, isn't it? And um, if you're going to remember one thing today, friends, if, uh, if the streaming kicks off now or you decide to run out to the loo, if you remember one thing, then remember this from verse 2. In your distress, seek the Lord. In your distress, seek the Lord. Don't wait to seek the Lord when your distress is past. Don't wait to seek the Lord once the thing that you hope for has happened. Don't wait to seek the Lord when the pain uh, or or loss or distress has passed. Seek the Lord in your distress. I like a bit of participation, and so I'm going to say seek the Lord, and you're going to say in your distress. In fact, I'll do it the other way around. I'm going to say in your distress, and then you can say seek the Lord. That'd be better, wouldn't it? Let's get it right to start with, shall we? All right? So let's try with this half then. In your distress. Let's see if this side wants to do any better. In your distress? Man, they're, they're slightly better at seeking the Lord, aren't they? Hey, this side's going to have to do some practice. In your distress? Come on. Well done. So why? Why turn to the Lord in the moment of your distress? Okay. Oh, I love the fact that people are actually answering. Like, that was rhetorical. But. Because the first step of lament... All right, is to turn to God. It's the start of a prayer. It's the start of a prayer that will lead you through the worst personal sorrow and the difficult questions you have in life. It will lead you to truth that will anchor your soul 
It will anchor your soul securely in the middle of the most devastating storms in life. You see, there's lots of other options you could turn to. The world will tell you there's lots of other options. Some are good enough. Some are not so good. But none of them will anchor your soul like God will. And the reason I can say that is because this tool of lament, this gift of lament, isn't actually just another tool. It's not just another crutch to get you through your pain, to get you through your grief to the other side. It's far more than that. It's a step of faith. It's an act of faith where we choose to open up our hearts to Jesus in the middle of our pain. Let me show you what I mean. The psalmist here, he's in the middle of great pain, isn't he? With no guarantee that his struggle is going to immediately lift when he turns to the Lord in his distress. Look at verse 2 with me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. He continues in his distress to seek the Lord. And it takes faith to pray like that. When you're in pain, what are you putting your faith in this morning? He's putting his faith in the God who saves. Jump with me to verse 15. It says this, With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Jump to verse 19, and he says, Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Do you see what's happening? The psalmist, he anchors his questions, he anchors his pain, he anchors his hurt, his disappointment in the biggest saving event by God that he knows in his history so far. He's reminding himself of when God saved the people of Israel from Egypt, from slavery. What are you putting your faith in this morning? Because the answer isn't the exodus from Egypt. There's a greater event in history. There is a greater event for us today to put our faith in, and that event was at the cross of Jesus, where Jesus died and he rose again. He's the one we need to go to with all our doubts, with all our pain, with all our hurt, friends. Jesus. He brought the right to make things all right in the end. Even if you don't see in this life the pain, finish. Even if you don't see the healing that you desire, But one day there will be, Scripture says, no more pain. All things will be made new. There will be no more weeping. There will be no more death. Oh, death, where is your sting? That is our hope. So what are you putting your faith in, friends? What are we putting our faith in? What are we putting our hope in? Do you really know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, I'd love to introduce you to him this morning. Just come find me afterwards. Do we need a reminder of who he is? Because he will anchor us in the middle of our storms using what he says is true. The problem is, is the devil does not want you to lament. Now, we've already said that lament is an act of faith. Okay, Jesus said in Matthew 17 that uh, faith the size of a mustard seed can do what? Move mountains. Okay, by the power of God. Exactly, Adam. The faith can move mountains. Faith inside a mustard seed can move mountains. Listen, there's been time in my life when my faith has been so rocked that it looks like a teeny tiny seed. But the spiritual reality for me in that moment 
is that Jesus says that that faith is enough. That faith is enough to save you if you don't know him. It is enough to anchor your soul in the storm of life if you do. It is enough for the biggest mountain of grief and pain in your life that towers over you to move and not crush you, even if you don't see the, 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 the reason for that pain fully disappear in this life. Jesus says your faith is enough. Faith in Jesus is powerful. And the devil is running scared about that. He does not want you turning to God. He does not want that. Because that kind of faith is powerful. So he'll try and plant lies in your thinking. He'll try and plant lies in my thinking instead. He tried it with Jesus. He'll try it with us. And the question I want to ask you is this. What lies, what lies might be stopping you turning to the Lord? Are you aware of where you might be susceptible to lies? Am I aware? Let me just tell a little story now, just to highlight the importance of this, and then we'll come back to this. One of the things I love to do in my spare time is uh, cycle road bikes. Yes, I'm one of those. Yeah, Lycra. All right? But I also do it in winter, so you know I'm a real cyclist. All right? And last winter, I was out... um, uh, cycling on my own, um, a short way into this ride, I'm on a uh, quiet road, and this car overtakes me, very nearly hits me, and I have to uh, take avoiding action and um, go into the gutter, and uh, so, I'm not, so I'm not hit. And as I do, I have to ride through this puddle, and so I ride through this puddle, well, what looks like a puddle, but it turns out, and you know this is where this is going, this wasn't a puddle. This was a pothole, and it was a really big hot pothole, actually. And so I hit this pothole at some speed. Unsurprisingly, my bike stops. Not so surprising that I kept going. Okay, and I actually I hit the road really hard. I smashed my helmet. Um, uh, I've sprawled across the road, and I jump up. I, I you know, adrenaline kicks in. You jump off. You get off the side of the road so that the car behind me doesn't hit me. Um, thankfully, they didn't hit me. They swerved around me. I was like, praise God. They kept going. I said, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Um, and, and then the pain kicked in, and I'm standing there uh, in this middle of nowhere on the side of the road. I look down to check myself over. What's broken? Nothing's sticking out the wrong angle. Uh, but I am um, ripped all my clothes down my right-hand side. I've got deep grazes all down me. Uh, it, there's grittle in me. There's blood oozing out. I, I'm, it's a bit of a mess. I, I'm standing there in this pain, in this shock, the disappointment uh, of what's just happened. Um, and, uh, and in that moment, do you know what I did? I turned around. I didn't keep going on my bike ride. I turned for home. I mean, I probably should have got a taxi, but I'd taken a bang to the heads, and it probably wouldn't have been a good story. Um, So I'm in pain. I'm in shock. I'm cycling slowly, and it's now getting dark because I'm going so slowly. And so I stop. I put my lights on. And I'm about halfway home when I notice something strange in this dim half-dusk happening. People driving towards me and passing me, either flashing me or honking. Flash, flash, honk, honk. Oh, that's weird. What's going on in my pain? I, I stop to check. Maybe they're trying to warn me. I'm confused, but I'll, I'll stop and check. Maybe my bike's about to fall apart, and they're actually not evil. All drivers aren't evil today, and they're actually trying to help me. So I stop, but I still, I can't find out anything wrong, so I jump back on, and I continue to painfully cycle home, and then honk, honk, flash, flash, honk, honk, flash, flash. I'm getting a bit fed up about this, but I'll drop, stop. I'll have a check again. Something must be wrong, but I can't see anything wrong. Now it's getting really dark, and I'm really miserable, and I'm in pain, and I just want to get home. I want the pain to stop. 
But it's so dark now that I noticed something that I hadn't spotted before. The road sign ahead of me began reflecting back my lights. One particular set of lights. Remember I said I stopped to put my lights on? Well, I put my lights on on my bike, but I also have a set of really bright flashing strobes on my helmet. One white one on the front, one red one on the back. And what I noticed is that the reflection that was coming back had this little tint to it. A slightly red tint in the strobe that was reflecting back from the sign. And suddenly in my horror, I realized what I'd done. That when I stopped to put my helmet lights on, I'd taken my helmet off, and then in the dark I'd put my helmet back on, but back to front. And I'd cycled like that for miles. I mean, can you imagine what I'd look like? Ripped, bleeding, helmet on backwards. Fortunately, it was dark. In that state, though, the red light is now flashing forward when it should have been flashing backwards. The white light's flashing backwards when it should have been flashing forwards. And I'd become a complete liability to everybody around me, including myself. And they were trying to warn me, but I hadn't noticed. I mean, how is it even possible to wear a helmet back to front and not notice? Like, they're not designed to even be put on like that. You, you'd struggle to put the strap on, wouldn't you? I looked ridiculous, and I was threatening everyone around me. But here's the thing. The same thing can happen in our spiritual walk with God. Something similar anyway. You see, the truth here is that God has designed stuff, truth, to go in our heads. There is meant to be truth in our heads, but the enemy can twist it back to front. But it's not meant to be like that. It's not designed like that. And all those lies that I'm not even aware of sometimes, those lies can stop me turning to God or can delay me going through the journey of lament. In that moment when we get off, you know, get run off the road, as it were, by the things in life, the stuff that just drives on and leaves us bitter, bruised, damaged on the side of the road. When, when we feel like that, when we're bleeding and hurting perhaps, that's the moment when lies can, can, can hold us back from lamenting. And because one of our values here at Hope Church, if you're new, you'll get to know these. One of our values is that we are family. One of our values is that we're full of grace for one another. There may well be, there has been in times in my life, when people in this family have been honk-honking and flash-flashing me, going, we can see something's wrong in your thinking. You're wearing something on your head the wrong way around. And they're trying to lovingly warn me. I'm so thankful for the church family. It's helping me spot things that I don't see. I mean, I wonder, have you experienced that? Have you? Are there people here trying to warn you? Because they love you about the lies that you might be telling yourself about yourself, about other people, about God. And in dark moments like that, it is really wise to take notice of the people flashing and honking you. Imagine if I just ignored them on that road that night. It's really wise. But we also need to identify and deal with the stuff that is back to front. Imagine if I just realized and then carried on cycling like nothing mattered. Not good. And the good news is, we are not powerless. Someone say amen, more than Adam. We are not powerless. All right? We are not powerless in this. In fact, yes, I heard someone say we're not powerless. I like that. Are we powerless? We are not powerless. We can identify the lies and deal with them because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. And he lives in us. You don't need me to overcome your lies. 
You don't need Adam to overcome your lies. You don't need your midweek group leader to overcome your lies. God may use any one of us here to help flash flash honk honk. But ultimately, you need the spirit of truth. We need his help to deal with those lies so we become more like Jesus day by day. And I just want to finish up with a tool. You'll have found this on your chair. You've probably been wondering what this is. Okay, um, when you grab a copy of it, if you haven't got it, there's some more in the seats at the front. If you're on YouTube, you can, um, you can download a copy, hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash turn to God. Uh, and what I want to do is invite you, uh, I want to invite you to come through this with me. I'll walk you through it to teach you it, but it's also going to be part of our response, part of your response, a corporate response, an individual response. And I'm going to show you how to use it. This tool isn't designed just for lament. Um, it is designed to help us grow in emotional maturity and spiritual maturity. Um, so you can use it for anything, not just for lamenting. Um, and you don't, also, you don't have to use it every time you lament. Okay, so don't think I've got to go through this. You can just go, God! All right? Um, so I'm going to give you an example from my life as I go through at each stage. I'll explain it, then we'll pause, and I'll invite you to respond to God uh, in that moment of pause. If I forget to pause and let you respond, can someone shout honk honk? All right, because when I was practicing this, I forgot several times, so I don't want you to miss out. All right, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and um, tell them everything that God's talking to you about. This is between you and him, so this is a corporate response, but I'm not going to ask you to, to, to bear your soul to anyone um, right now. Um, so let's, let's go through this. We're going to start this on, you start on this side. Sam, you've got the... the the first one. So we're going to start on that side, uh, on the number one. Uh, and this is the recognized bit, okay? We're going to start number one, recognize. This is the easiest bit of the whole journey, all right? Start off easy. Um, and for me, uh, you may know this, you may not, but most of my life I have struggled uh, with getting hurt by people um, and feeling rejected by them when they haven't really done anything for me really to feel hurt or rejected about. And, um, and so that's something I've struggled with for about 30 years. Uh, it's not been, not been good, uh, and God's been having to work with me on that. Um, an example of the first time I used this actually was for this. So I recognized that um, I had a friend who I really enjoyed spending time with regularly, and they told me that they couldn't spend as much time with me as we normally did. And... Um, I reacted really badly. I reacted with a rah, I went angry, and then I went silent treatment. Right? Recognize. Don't have to go any further than that. Recognize. I was like, I have some headlights on my head that are the wrong way around here. Something's going wrong. Right? Just recognize. And so I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us and teach us. Why don't you take a moment now? Just recognize. What is there in my life right now? You might want to close your eyes to do this. It might be something really super obvious. It might be something you're like, I don't know. And if you're in the I don't know category, maybe just think about the last time you had an argument with someone. Last time you had an argument with your parents, perhaps. Or with a school friend. I'll just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Thank you for the spirit of truth. Thank you that we're not powerless. I just invite you to come and speak. Teach us. Shape us, reveal lies, set us free. Okay. So then, 
Step two, respond emotionally. All right, what we're looking here is we're going to respond emotionally, uh, maturely, uh, uh, and we're going to respond with God in that, okay? Uh, and why don't you turn over? This is where we turn over. And you'll see on the other side um, two steps, a step in and a step out. We're going to focus on the step in bit first. And for me, this is step in presenting issues. So we're just going to identify the thoughts, uh, behaviors, um, the emotions. It's kind of a building on the recognized bit, all right? And uh, for me, the friend who I couldn't spend as much time with um, left me. Well, I just felt hurt. That was my, that was my feelings. I, was, I felt hurt and I felt disappointed. I just had to acknowledge that to God. God, I feel hurt. At this stage, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. I was just like, God, I feel hurt. This is the coming to God. I feel hurt, God. I feel disappointed. I'm angry because they didn't want to spend the time with me. And so I gave them the silent treatment. That was, my, that was my step one of stepping in. What are the presenting issues, thoughts, emotions, behaviors? Why don't you take a moment with God? Just ask him, Holy Spirit, shine a light. And then step two, well, why do I feel like that? Why do I feel like that? Why do I think like that? Why do I do that? And for me, I had to start being honest. I valued time with them a lot. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I valued time with them because my thinking was kind of like, what am I going to do without them? I need them in my life. I need them. And I went silent because I didn't want to be hurt by them anymore. I put my walls up to protect myself. That was why I thought, by the way, I thought, what about you? Why do you think like that? Why do you feel like that? Why do that? Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Step three, why, what lies am I believing about myself? This is where the Holy Spirit really comes and helps. He's going to do it for you right now. What lies am I believing about myself? And I had to be honest as God started to reveal that actually the first lie I was believing was I'm not, very, I'm not worth much to this person. That was, that's how I felt. And I felt I'm rejected by them. That's how I felt. And uh, God began to show me that those were actually lies. And so I just recognized those with God. Why don't you just recognize now with God? Ask him, Holy Spirit, where are the lies in my thinking? And then I get to step four, and I'd never done this before. What lies am I believing about God? And this is where I got really shocked. Because I, I know a lot of stuff in my head about God. I know that he doesn't reject me. I know that he loves me. But deep down somewhere, I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, Pete, you think I'll reject you. Pete, you think I don't value you. And so you've gone looking for it. You've gone looking for it in someone else. And that, that broke me. I was like, man. Because I know that's not true, but somewhere there's a layer in here where I'm believing a lie about who God is. 
What about you? And just close your eyes. Ask Holy Spirit, God, is there any lies? Are there? Are there any lies that I'm believing about you? Stuff I know in my head, but is in my heart somewhere is mixed up, back to front. Risk of taking me off, off track and just lamenting. Good, you're doing well. Well done. If we stopped here, it'd be a really bad place to stop. Fortunately, we're not going to, because God's good, and he's uh, going to help us step out. Uh, and so we go to the next slide, please, Sam. We're going to step out. What is the truth about God, then? And this is where I just had to recognize, for me, I am valued by God. It's not just something I know in my head. This is a spiritual reality for me. I am valued by God. I am not rejected by him. Even if I don't feel like it right now, I am not rejected. I am valued by God. Take 30 seconds. What is it for you? What is the truth you know from the Bible? That's why we need to know our Bibles, friends. What is the truth? Not what your friends at school say. Not what your colleagues say. What is the truth that God says about who you are? About who he is, sorry. And then what is the truth about me? So this is kind of tied closely, isn't it? I, I may have skipped these the wrong way around. He loves me was who the truth of God is. I'm worth everything to him. That was the truth of God. The truth for me is what I think I just said. Sorry, I'm valued by him. I'm valued by him. I'm not rejected. Because he loves me, I'm valued. Because I'm worth everything to him, I won't be rejected. Just turn that truth about who God is. Let it reflect from there onto the truth about who you are. Thank you, Jesus. So what does this mean for how I can think, feel, and act? Step three of stepping out. Well, I can take my feelings of hurt and pain and rejection to God. I don't have to unload on this person. I can go direct to God with my feelings. The big complaint part, I can go straight to him. I don't have to think the worst of my friend. I don't have to put up the barriers to protect myself because I can go to Jesus, the one who loves me, the one who never rejects me. What does that mean for you? How can you think, feel, and act in view of who God is and the truth of who you are? Step four, how do I live in the light of this truth? Okay, for this, we're going to flick over back onto the other side. All right, we're going to jump in at verse three, uh, verse three, point three, uh, repent and forgive. Now, we may need to do some repenting here. We may need to do some forgiving, and we may need to uh, uh, be for, forgiven. All right, and so for me, first of all, I had to repent to God. And I'm repenting to God for believing the lies. Right, that's, that's what I'm repenting for. So I had to repent asking for forgiveness that I was believing lies about who he was and about who I was. And then I had to go to my friend and repent to my friend. I'm sorry. That's my responsibility. How they receive it is up to them, but my responsibility is to repent. I'm sorry, will you forgive me for the way I reacted to you? And the joy is that we know 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise. It's such a wonderful, wonderful gift to be able to repent and ask for forgiveness. What about you? Is there people? Do you need to go to God? Other people to repent, to ask for forgiveness? 
you may need to, you can do that now, but you may need to go and look for that person afterwards or track down that person and, uh, and ask for forgiveness. Finally then, renounce and announce. What's this about? Our words are powerful. We're created in the image of God, a creator God who made the world using his words. And in a little way, we get to speak and things that we speak, whether they are out loud or in our head, have power to create. And so we get to renounce the lies that we've been believing and we get to announce the truth. And there's something that's powerful in that. And so for me, I had to do this. In, I did this in front of the mirror because I wanted to say it out loud. Don't say it out loud this morning. But I would encourage you, if you're able to at some point say these things out loud, there's something powerful. I think it's also powerful in your head, but there is, if you can say it out loud, grow, grow for it. So for me, I had to say, it is not true. It is not true that I am worthless and rejected. It is not true. The truth is, I am loved by God and I am valued by Him. I am not rejected by my friend. My friend loves me and values me. It might not be perfect but it's not true that they've rejected me. How about you? Let's take a little bit of time quickly to, what, could you, what can you announce and renounce in your head before God? What's true, what's not true? And then we get to our last one. This is um, step five, receive and believe. And tell you, band, would you come back up at this point? And we'll, uh, we'll finish with a, with a worship lament after this. But receive and believe. And all this is doing, friends, is we, we're recognizing that we can't do this on our own. We can go through all these steps. And it's all really helpful and true. But we need the power of God. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to really change. Okay? We're not just, this isn't just a moment where we go, oh, today we've sorted this. This is the Holy Spirit helping us that every day we can live in freedom from this and grow to be more like Jesus. And so uh, we need the Holy Spirit to help us receive the truth deep in our hearts and then believe it going forward. And so for me, I was like, Holy Spirit, will you help me? Just as simple as that. Holy Spirit, will you help me? Believe the truth that I am not rejected, that I am worth something to God. Holy Spirit, would you help me not to react to this person or other people in future in the same way? Help me. And I pray that prayer every day. You'll notice that it's a circle. Because I've had to go around it again. I'm slowly becoming more like Jesus, but it's not a one-step circle. You'll find yourself going around again. You say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, I've done it, I'm here again. But I tell you what, this week, I'm more like Jesus than last week. I just don't see it sometimes. But if I look back three years, I'm not the same man. Ten years ago, I'm not the same man. Because Jesus is making all of us, if we submit to him, if we open up our hearts, if we take that step of faith, more like him. Can I just pray for you? Yeah, take this away. Practice it. You'll get to the point you don't need the card. And it will just become a habit. Um, and then we're gonna, I'm going to hand over to you guys to worship. Jesus, we love you so much. You're so good. You're so good. What sort of God would give himself the way you've given to us? We thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you in our distress. Thank you, Lord, we don't have to wait to sort ourselves out before we can come running into your arms. 
Thank you that we can come with the mess that's on our head back to front, with our bleeding and our scrapes and our hurt and our feeling of alone. Thank you, Lord, that you work in us. And Lord, we come to you, we say, we invite you now to help us. Holy Spirit, as we've been through this card, as if we've journeyed this together, Holy Spirit, would you come help us to receive and believe? Would you impart fresh faith to us now to take the next step and the next step towards you? Thank you, Jesus.